a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. All right, welcome back. This is our last segment. Unfortunately, we've run just plumb out of time. Our last segment on the show today, but got some great, great stuff here to cover with you. Now, today marks the 80th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. Earlier, uh, we had a chance to chat with uh, one of the youngest survivors of that attack, a young boy who, from his front yard, literally on the beach, right next to Diamond Head, had uh, Japanese bombers buzz right over his house on the way to the bombing runs at uh, at the harbor. And uh, we heard about what happened in his community afterwards and the changes that he observed as uh, as a young boy, not just in his life, but in, in that community there in Hawaii. And then, of course, uh, the rest we know. We know that this was the moment that uh, the United States entered the war. In fact, as Mike mentioned earlier when we were chatting, he pointed out because as his family was evacuated from Hawaii on a British ship, he pointed out that the British had been fighting for a year. And they evacuated him on a full military ship that had guns and um, what those depth charges, he said he saw. And uh, everyone was waiting for the United States to get in, and, and, and Pearl Harbor is what did it. And um, while we certainly remember what President Franklin D. Roosevelt had to say when he declared war on Japan, and he proclaimed his famous line, that this is a day that will live in infamy. Do you remember that? Well, I mean, you probably don't literally remember it, but I know you've heard it. Uh, not a lot of people know this, though. President Roosevelt was not the first person to address the nation on this topic. It was the first lady. The first lady, Eleanor Roosevelt, following the attack on December 7th, was the first public figure, public figure to speak to the country directly on this topic. And she began her radio speech by reassuring Americans that, yes, the administration was working on a plan. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm speaking to you tonight at a very serious moment in our history. The cabinet is convening and the leaders in Congress are meeting with the president. The State Department and Army and Navy officials have been with the president all afternoon. In fact, the Japanese ambassador was talking to the president at the very time that Japan's airships were bombing our citizens in Hawaii and the Philippines and sinking one of our transports loaded with lumber on its way to Hawaii. By tomorrow morning, the members of Congress will have a full report and be ready for action. In the meantime, we, the people, are already prepared for action. For months now, the knowledge that something of this kind might happen has been hanging over our heads, 
And yet, it seemed impossible to believe, impossible to drop the everyday things of life and feel that there was only one thing which was important, preparation to meet an enemy no matter where he struck. That is all over now, and there is no more uncertainty. We know what we have to face, and we know that we are ready to face it. Uh, This is Eleanor Roosevelt, former First Lady. I love that continental accent that she's got. Boy, it's phenomenal. You really don't hear that now. You know, it's just, it's, it's gone by the wayside. Um, anyway, um, that's not all she had to say. And, and keep in mind, this speech was before her own husband's speech, uh, declaring that this is a day that will live in, in, of infamy, in infamy. I think it's so fascinating. The first person to address the country was Eleanor Roosevelt. Now, the circumstances were a little bit unique, and I'm going to explain them to you here in a second. But I want to share with you also um, what she said Uh, specifically to women and the youth of the nation. I should like to say just a word to the women in the country tonight. I have a boy at sea on a destroyer. For all I know, he may be on his way to the Pacific. Two of my children are in coast cities on the Pacific. Many of you all over this country have boys in the services who will now be called upon to go into action. You have friends and families in what has suddenly become a danger zone. You cannot escape anxiety. You cannot escape a clutch of fear at your heart. And yet I hope that the certainty of what we have to meet will make you rise above these fears. We must go about our daily business more determined than ever to do the ordinary things as well as we can. And when we find a way to do anything more in our communities to help others, to build morale, to give a feeling of security, we must do it. Whatever is asked of us, I am sure we can accomplish it. We are the free and unconquerable people of the United States of America. To the young people of the nation, I must speak a word tonight. You are going to have a great opportunity. There will be high moments in which your strength and your ability will be tested. I have faith in you. I feel as though I was standing upon a rock. That rock is my faith in my fellow citizens. What a speech. So phenomenal. As Eleanor Roosevelt on the day that, uh, that Japan attacked Pearl Harbor and we all knew we were entering the war just some amazing lines in there i love this one we are the free and unconquerable people of the united states of america and boy can you imagine can you imagine listening to that and feeling that weight she also goes on to say and i love this part too i have faith in you i feel as though i was standing on upon a rock And that rock is my faith in my fellow citizens. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal moment of leadership. And I love that so much. Now I want to share with you a little bit of background here because uh, the First Lady actually had a weekly radio show. Her weekly radio program was called was titled Over Our Coffee Cups. And I read that. I thought, that's amazing. It's going to be a podcast today. It's like Eleanor Roosevelt was the first millennial first lady with her Over Our Coffee Cups podcast. But it was scheduled to go out on that Sunday, and she wanted to keep the schedule. But, of course, she felt compelled to say something about it. And so she did, well ahead of her own husband. And I thought, boy, she did just an 
excellent job. And you can imagine, I and I, honestly, I think this is an unprecedented moment for any first lady. I think this would be unusual even today. So you can imagine how unusual it was um, back then. Now, that's 80 years. 80 years has gone by. And uh, that attack on Pearl Harbor and America's entry into World War II has um, ushered in an era of prosperity and, and, and power and freedom, not just in the United States, but around the entire world. It has just been an amazing, amazing run. And I know it'll continue because Eleanor uh, Roosevelt was right then. And I think that her sentiment is right today, that with all of our problems, we're going to come back to the fact that we are a free and unconquerable people of the United States of America. And we'll have the opportunity again, I think, to, again, have faith in our fellow citizens. Because at the end of the day, our interests are aligned. We just have to remember that. We just have to remember that we're all here together, and we all want the same thing. And we're all the same. Not, not, I mean, we're really all the same. And when we can remember that, I know we can do great things again as, this, as a country, just like I know we all want to. As I know we all want to and continue to do great things in our community. I'm a believer in cycles and those little cycles that happen to us in the, in the small ways in our homes and our families cycle on up to, uh, to our country as well. Listen, thanks so much for joining us today. And especially, uh, special thanks also to Kelly, Bella, and Ty. Great, great show today phenomenal show. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again soon. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.